Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So what can we learn about God from Psalms? What does he reveal about himself, Colin? We're looking at Psalm 50 today. The Mighty One, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him and around him a tempest rages. He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my consecrated ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness for God himself is judge. It's mighty, isn't it? I mean, these words just speak of of the mighty, transcendent God, the Great One, the Lord of hosts, the Almighty. And yet he is so beautiful and his um, ways towards his people are both righteous on the one hand and loving on the other. There is, there is no dichotomy between righteousness and love. And uh, he says in, in Psalm, or, or the psalmist says in verse 7, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. You see, he is the judge, and he has his plan and his purpose. And his plan and purpose is not to endorse our plans, but to bring us in line with his plans. Uh, we were talking about that yesterday. And I think this is so important for people to understand, especially when they're praying, but also in making the major decisions in their lives. Because, you know, if we start walking in our own ways and going against the plans and purposes of God, then we're actually denying his will, not fulfilling what he told us to pray. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see his will done on earth. And that's a mighty will because he's a mighty God. I've often said to people over the years, you know, God doesn't have small plans for your life because he's a big God and a big God has big plans. And I, I think that's what that's what we, we always need to see. Uh, yeah, we've got to remain humble It's not having great exalted ideas about ourselves, but to realize that actually God lifts up the humble. He raises up the humble. And the more humble a person is, the more he is able to use that person to do great things. This psalm seems to remind us again that when God speaks, things happen. Absolutely. His words are spirit and life. That's what Jesus said. My words are spirit and life. And so, you know, God is in his word, really. His life is in his word. And um, if, if we go right on uh, to the end of, of the psalm, uh, in verse 23, he who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. There, there's a little word there that I think so many Christians have lost sight of, but is a very, very important word, and that's the word honor. I think there are there are lots of Christians that have never really learned what it means to honor God. Uh, you know, if we go to the book of Revelation and we think of the way in which the heavenly host praises the Lord, it says, glory, honor, and praise be to our God. I think, you know, we know that we glorify God by the fruit that we bear. We know that we praise him with our lips and we're to praise him with our lives. But we don't hear very much about 
honoring God. And you honor someone because that person is who he is. And, and if, we, if only we, we have a real sense of honoring God, then we will want to obey him, to love him, to serve him, to please him. Uh, in everything we do, we won't want to dishonor him. We won't want to dishonor his name. And the amazing revelation in Scripture is that God honors those who honor him. And uh, this, of course, is in line with what is taught in the Old and the New Testament, that we reap what we sow. If we honor God, he will honor us. And, and to me, this is one of the most amazing things in the whole of my life. Because, you know, you, 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 you look at yourself and you see how totally unworthy you are personally, you know. And, and you're amazed, or I'm amazed anyway, that God has ever been able to use me in any way whatsoever. And, and then you see all kinds of ways in which God honors you. Why? Because you have honored him. You, you reap what you sow. And um, it is so important, you see, because what this verse says is, to those who honor the Lord, he shows the way of salvation. You actually walk in his saving grace day by day. What does it mean, though, Colin, to offer a, 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 a thank offering, sacrifice thank offerings? Well, of course, um, there were thank offerings that, that you made under the law in the Old Testament. But if we think uh, of the present reality of, of living in the new covenant of God, anything that is of real value in our Christian lives requires a sacrifice. Now, we can see that that's a reflection of what Jesus did. I mean, God's purpose could only be worked out through sacrifice. And our bodies, we read in the New Testament, are to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Uh, Paul says, uh, you were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. There's that word honor again. Now, if you honor God with your body, sacrifice is going to be involved. Now, what I mean is this. If you're really going to praise God, there's got to be a sacrifice of your time to praise him. There's got to be a sacrifice sometimes when the last thing in the world you feel like doing is praising God, when you have to go right against your feelings, right against your timetable and schedule and everything else to make a sacrifice that will put God first in the circumstances of your life at that time. And that's the way that you keep him on the throne of your life. You keep him on the throne by keeping him in first place. So when we sacrifice our time in that way, as you say, and honor God, that's when he reveals things. This revelations come to us about what he's doing. You, here it talks about the salvation of God. That's right. <clears throat> and, um, you know, even David messed up, didn't he? And he really lived a sacrificial lifestyle for the Lord with the Lord on the throne of his life. And we've only got to go into the next psalm, Psalm 51, which is this great psalm of repentance, which I believe uh, has been a tremendous resource for believers for thousands of years, both in the old covenant and the new covenant. Um, so many people that have been through a time of, of sin, of failure, um, backsliding, have found their way back to God through using this psalm. 
Uh, and it, you see, we, we've been talking in these last few psalms about the mighty transcendent God. And yet here we see that this God is a God of mercy. He's a God who touches our lives, really at the point of our need. And so David, after he'd sinned grievously through adultery and being responsible for murder, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Now, this is the thing we have to remember. Our performance can change according to circumstances, according to whatever is going on in our lives, and especially in our hearts. But God never changes. His love is always constant. His, he is always faithful. He is always true. His word is always the same. So David knows this, and he can pray, Have mercy of me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. And of course, we today are in a better place than David because we know that um, what Jesus accomplished on the cross was everything that enables all our transgressions to be blotted out. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. How many people have prayed those words? How many millions have prayed them over the years and have then met with God in his wonderful redeeming love and forgiveness? Uh, and, you know, David sort of speaks about his, his own situation. I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And this is, this is the thing that David has realized. Yes, he sinned against Bathsheba, he sinned against her husband, but his real sin was against God. He, he went against the will of God. He went against the word of God. So against you, you only have I, I sinned that, 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 and done what is evil in your sight. That, this is the real problem. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you are judged. You know, um, David knows that God would be justified in judging him, not forgiving him. Uh, and, and he talks about how sinful he's been from, from birth. You know, we all inherit the sin of Adam, don't we? Uh, and then he says, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. And having walk, worked for, and walked with the Lord for many years in that wisdom, he deserted it. He, he, he stepped outside of wisdom and into sin because sin is foolishness. And, and so then he, he prays for the Lord to cleanse him, to wash him, to make him whiter than snow, to hide his face from his sins and to blot out his iniquities, to create, create in me, he, he prays, a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. But you see, he's praying to the one who he knows will do all this. He, he's not, this is not a lost cause. He's turning back to God, knowing that he, in his love and mercy, will receive him. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then the wonderful thing is that having been restored, he will be able to teach others that have gone astray. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. That doesn't mean that that uh, God is going to make us praise him. But what 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 to David is really saying, oh, Lord, you know that if you do this work in my heart, my mouth will just be open. I won't be able to hold back. I won't be able to be silent. I will just praise you and praise you and praise you. And I mean, that's how it ought to be for all of us. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 